Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I am your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be focusing on three verses. So we're going to be on verses 3, 4, and 5. Uh, but what I want to do is read from chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to read all the way through until verse 14 uh, to get a greater context of what's happening here. Uh, but the main theme, the main idea here at the beginning of this letter uh, of what Paul is doing is that he is expressing his thankfulness through his prayer to God. Um, so, yeah. Let's go ahead and read. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. Because of this hope, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you heard it from Epaphras, our beloved brother or our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And has made known to us your love in the spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So that was Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And like I said, uh, let's focus in on verses 3, 4, and 5 and see what the Lord um, has there for us, right? We know that God's Word is alive and active. We know that it is uh, the Word of God. It is God-breathed, and God put it in Scripture for us to read. Um, so what I want us to, to do is just examine these verses and see what God is saying we read in context, right, the surrounding verses to see where Paul is getting at and what he's uh, saying. 
But here in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So again, it's not only Paul giving thanks to the brothers at Colossae. It's we. It's all of those who are with Paul. We know that Epaphras is there. Uh, we know that Timothy is there. And it says we always thank God. There's a continual thanking of the Lord. And who is God? Well, he is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Uh, we must always be in a spirit of thanksgiving. And one thing to be thankful for is the brothers and sisters who are in the faith. And this is what Paul is doing with the rest, right? When it says the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, um, often this is used in a way to show uh, the unity and nature between Jesus and God, right? Thus, this is showing uh, the deity of Christ in affirmation. This is why uh, Paul opens up with, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even Peter, he says that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this is a way of expressing the the. Uh, the if you want to say the oneness between the God, uh, the Father, and the Son, right? Jesus said um, in the New Testament, He said, "I and the Father are one." And this is when uh, the people, uh, the Pharisees, were pushed back uh, from what He was saying. Um, and the understanding there is that Jesus is God in the flesh. Which is why he can say what he said. I and the Father are one. Jesus is putting himself in that position of, I am God and I am before you. I am just veiled in this flesh. And here we, we are seeing the thankfulness to God who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, when we pray for you. Right? It's a we pray for you. It's a corporate thanksgiving where God is the recipient of our gratitude, of our worship. We worship God when we are in prayer. And here we see that Paul and the others are uh, getting together and thanking, thanking God for what we get that in verse 4. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus... And the love that you have for all the saints. So there it is. This is the why. This is the why we are thanking God. This is the why Paul is writing this letter and beginning in saying that he is thanking God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And the love that you have for all the saints. So the reason Paul and others uh, thanksgiving is the faith in Christ Jesus and the love for one another. That's interesting to, to read and understand because earlier the basis on two things 
um, is in, the law of God is encompassed in love for God and love for neighbor, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus says, and the second is just like it. And what is it? You shall love your neighbor as yourself, right? The gospel is central if we want to be reconciled to each other, right? So, so this is what we must uh, get into understanding that it is only Christ and Christ alone that can bring about our love for one another. And especially for the saints, right? Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. Why is that? Well, the reason is because when we look at other people, we see how, yes, they are unworthy uh, to be saved, yet God saved them. And we look at ourselves and we see that we are also undeserving of God's salvation. And yet he gives it to us. He lavishes his grace upon us. And when we do that, we see that God has reconciled them to himself as well as us. Therefore, we can be reconciled to each other. No longer um, will I desire to hate my brother, but instead I would love my brother. And I want to encourage my brother and help them in any way, right? We are to rejoice at the fact that the Lord still saves and join the angels in heaven and sing to the Lord right? We, we get a glimpse of that when the angels were singing to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, right? The whole earth is full of his glory. So we must unite together as we encourage each other and also praise God in thanksgiving through prayer for the faith of our brothers and sisters. I would just ask the question, are you thanking God for the salvation of your brothers and sisters that you know? We must, no, no matter the kind of hate we have towards one another or had towards one another, we must be reminded that we must first be reconciled to God. And that is only possible through one person. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Um... Our faith in him brings about peace with God. And through that, we can begin to love one another because God first loved us. Uh, we learn how God loves us through his word and from where we learn love towards our neighbor. No matter who your neighbor is. God tells us in his word that we are to even love our enemies. If your enemy is hungry, you are to feed them. If your en enemy is thirsty, give them something to drink. You see, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, and that is what we are to preach. Uh, Jesus died for us on the cross, atoning for our sins by taking upon himself the wrath of God, right? God's wrath had, his, had to be satisfied, and it was done through Christ or on Christ. On the third day, after being dead, Jesus rose from the grave and now is seated at the right hand of God. 
he has assumed his rightful throne. Uh, we must repent and believe in that gospel, in that Jesus, and you will be saved. We will be saved. It begins at the heart if you want to seek recon reconciliation with one another, right? We must not hate one another, but we must love one another. And here, Paul is giving thanks to the Father. Why? Because of their faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that they have for all the saints. That is one visible fruit of saving faith, is our love for the brethren. So I would challenge you, if you have not shown your love uh, to your brethren, to the local church that God has placed you in, and if you don't have a local church and you consider yourself a Christian or call yourself a Christian, I would, I would say seek a local church that preaches the word of God faithfully. And see the love of God and the love for his saints through the people there. Because that is one thing that God uh, changes within us. The hate that we have towards another uh, is no longer there. Now we desire to be reconciled to them. And the way that first is done is through the gospel. The gospel brings us together because it brings us to God. God uses this gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. Look at what it says in verse 5. It says, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. So, if we read 3, 4, and 5 together, we always thank God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So, now we see how is it possible to love God, to put our faith in Christ, and to love the saints. Well, it's because of the hope laid up for us in heaven. We seek this hope. And it says, of this you have heard before in the word of truth. And where do we find that? The gospel, right? Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So remember what I read earlier in 1 Peter? Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, listen to what it says in verse 5. Well, let me read verse 3. 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ, Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And then also in verse 5, it says, Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This is what we are looking forward to. Verse 9, it says, Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. But we can trust God that he will bring us to this. Why? Because of Christ and what he has done and he has resurrected from the dead. Many disciples thought when Jesus died, this is it. Um, he's dead. He's not coming back. But what happens? The Lord returns and he meets with them for 40 days before he leaves. 
and they rejoice. But we see that the Lord has conquered the grave because grave the because death cannot keep him. And why is that? Because for the wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ had no sin in him. There is no reason for him to remain dead. Yet he had to die. Why? Because he is our representative. He died so that we may be saved. Because of this hope laid up for us in heaven, it says, for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. Our faith in Christ will not put us to shame because it is a sure hope. And we look forward to um, that we look forward to since the Lord not only died on the cross but rose from the grave, thus identifying in his death as well as his life, right? We identify in that. We can trust in that because we know that God is not a liar and his word is truth. And in his word, he brings about salvation through faith, right? The faith and hope came about because of this gospel that was preached to us. Um, that is a beautiful thing to understand, to know, to reconcile. Um, and if you have not repented from your sins, I would say repent from your sins, right? Truly be sorry for your sins, but not only be sorry, turn away from them. No longer desire to sin because you know what it does. It brings about death and it brings about the wrath of God, right? His just wrath. So we must trust in this gospel, this gospel that saves and brings about peace between us and God. In Romans, you see in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So there it is. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace. This refers to the access to God that we have through Christ. We didn't have that before. We were at enmity with God. We hated God, wanted to do nothing with him. And when God saves us out of his will, his own will, he transforms us and changes us and now moves us to want to be in his presence. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, right? It brings about worship. This hope is a sure hope that we have. It's an absolute hope that it will come to pass, right? It's not like the hope that we think about whenever we say, I hope I get the job. Well, I hope I get paid. I hope I can make enough to pay my rent this weekend. Um, this hope can fail us. But the hope that we have in Christ Jesus is a sure hope because he has did what he has come to do. He 
fulfilled it on the cross. He said, it is finished. He has paid the debt uh, that we owed. And therefore, our faith in him brings about um, our reconciliation to God, right? His righteousness, the Lord's righteousness was imputed to us as he took upon himself the sins of the world, right? All of those who would put their trust in Christ, Jesus took upon himself their sins, our sins. And in that we can trust because he is the only one who is able to do that, able to suffer and overcome that suffering. And that is why we, when we suffer, we can trust in God that he is at work and he will bring us through it. Whether we suffer until we die, we will rise again at the resurrection. We will be with God when we die. So it doesn't matter if the Lord returns before you die, then you will see the Lord before you die. If you die, you will see the Lord right after you die. Right? We, we see the thief on the cross when Jesus tells him that today you will surely be with me in paradise. We, we trust in that and we trust that we will be with the Lord when we die, whenever we die. But right now, why are we still here on earth? Why are we still here um, going through this day and age and where it seems like sin is rampant and going about everywhere. Well, because God is still at work. God is still changing hearts and there's lots, thousands and thousands of people coming to Christ every day because the gospel is being preached. I was even being messaged uh, by what I believe is a brother and how he spoke to me. I will, I, I won't say his name, but I'll say that he's from Uganda and he's seeing what is happening there. And let me just read you uh, what he says and just listen uh, to this love uh, that, that, that you can sense by, by what he is saying, right? Because he first writes me by saying, hello, brother, how are you doing in the Lord? And I just reply, I'll reply back and I ask him the same thing. And then he says, I am doing great, my brother. I have not ceased to witness the name of Christ to the lost, even amidst this lockdown. Brother, it's a joy to be in the Lord and serve him. It's the only everlasting joy believers possess here on earth. And then he asked me, how do I serve the Lord? Um, that is convicting. But at the same time, it's humbling and it's a good thing because we are being challenged in a good way by those who love the Lord. And I believe this, uh, he, he is a brother. Um, but it's just interesting how we see what the gospel does. The gospel of God truly saves. And we see that there is people out in the world proclaiming this gospel, the same gospel that we have received, the same gospel that Paul preached, that Peter preached, that uh, Jesus proclaimed, right? Because even Jesus preached this gospel. So we must thank God 
as we read here, we, we are to thank God, uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in our remembrance of our, of our brothers and sisters. It's verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, we, we worship God and praise God through our prayer uh, because of that and for that. And the reason is because of the gospel that was preached to them. We worship God and we thank God for saving them, right? That is why when we pray to God, we ask God to save people and he does. And the mandate is still the same today. We are all called to preach this same gospel. We're all called. Um, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go preach. We're to preach and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe and obey all that the Lord has commanded. We're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And even Jesus says, Behold, I will be with you to the end of the age. And you would ask, how is it that he's going to be with us to the end of the age if he's not here with us physically? I can just imagine uh, that being said amongst them. Well, it's because of the Holy Spirit, right? The Spirit is even mentioned as the Spirit of Christ. We have the Spirit of Christ until we see the Lord face to face. And that's what we look forward to. And this is not a, a faulty hope that, well, I don't know, uh, it may happen. No, this is a sure hope because of the hope that is laid up for you in heaven. Of this, it says, you heard before in the word of the truth. The word of the truth is the gospel. And understand that you have to hear the gospel, right? Um, the gospel has to be heard, has to be taught, right? If you look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Well, what was said before that? Yes, we, we understand that faith comes from hearing. We have to hear uh, to bring about this faith. And what are we hearing? We're hearing the word of Christ, which is the gospel. Listen to what it says earlier in verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see? And then he, and, and then, it explains how this is done. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? All right, that's a, that's a good question. And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are, to they, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach 
the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth, and the words to the ends of the world. But I asked, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have found by those who did not seek me. I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. So what's going on here? We, we see that the gospel is being preached. And let me ask you, were you seeking God when the gospel was preached? I would say the Lord comes to us at a time when we are not even searching for him. I would say part of my testimony, um, just to be brief on it, is that I was not searching God. Um, I was actually searching other things, and yet the Lord stops me in my tracks. And then reminds me of his words through a scripture that I had memorized as a, as a young kid. And through that, the Lord brought conviction uh, in my soul, and I repented, and I put my trust in Christ. So this gospel, this, the word of God has to be preached in order for faith to come about. We must preach the gospel and use words always. Explain the gospel. Teach it. So, I would encourage you guys um, throughout the, the next week or whenever um, to find opportunities and seek to see who can you reach out to with this gospel because this is the gospel that will save souls and from doing that we can bring about thanksgiving to God for saving them now we thank God either way because we are all, we are always to have a spirit of thankfulness when we come before the father but here we we see the love of Paul to these brothers at Colossae for their love for one another, for their faith in Christ Jesus. So I would say, um, so I would say, be reminded of this gospel and trust in God and make sure that you are in a faith. Examine yourselves to see whether or not you are in a faith and look forward to this hope that is sure. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.